When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello everyone, Kitro here. Time for us to delve into the TSFP Presents archive once more and start a new series. And when I say start a new series, I mean re-release a series that was originally recorded for patrons in September 2019. It's called Cult Heroes, some of the biggest names in Spanish football that maybe you've never heard of. In episode one, we're discussing a Salvadorian magician and a Basque bruiser. Uh, the full archive is available exclusively for patrons at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. Enjoy. Hello, patrons, and welcome to another series of TSFP Presents. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at cult heroes, some of the most mercurial talents ever to have graced Spanish football, including Sid Lowe. And we're smiling already. We love this. It's, I'm really excited about this one, I have to say. They might not have been the best players. They might not have been the, the most successful players, but they, they were loved and they are loved. They all have something that... Yeah, that wins people over, that makes them feel special, that makes them different. Oh, I, I was going to start, before we get into discussing our, our two uh, cult heroes for this episode, what makes a cult hero? I don't know, right? So, so because, for example, the two we're going to I've got talk, an idea, but be- go on. Before we say who they are, the two we talk about today are absolute opposites, yes. in a way, as to why they are cult heroes. And we mentioned this briefly before, but it might be worth pointing this out. I are Spaniards on Twitter who their cult heroes were and had the problem of trying to describe a cult hero to them Mm. and the answers that most of them gave in truth were just just the local boy who was really good right and most of them didn't really fully grasp this idea of of a cult hero until we gave them in particular one of the two names we're talking about today and then I think they grasped it that idea of someone who Fans embrace, despite the fact that they know that this guy wasn't necessarily the best, or at least this guy wasn't necessarily the one who went and won the European Cup for us and went and won the league for us, but there is something about him that we identify with. Yes. It's about affection, fundamentally, isn't it? And also about something a little flawed, maybe. Uh Uh-huh. That's the word, I would say, because I think certainly with the two guys that we've got today, I think they embody maybe two facets of of a cult hero-dom. One is being... Being very bad, but trying very, 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 very hard. Yeah. And the other one is actually being quite good, but being sort of deeply flawed. But fundamentally not trying at all. Yeah. I mean, they are the total opposite, these two guys. <laughs> I think it's that. I think there's one other essential ingredient that you haven't mentioned, which is charisma. Hmm. And yeah. I don't mean charisma in terms of personality, because maybe not, but charisma on the pitch okay. as a player. Yeah, they like trans- personality. They the, transmitted yeah. something, to use mm. that Spanish phrase. They, yeah. they, they, through the way they played, they expressed something of who they are 
not just what they were doing. Hmm. I well, think there's an element of truth in that, yeah. Okay, so there we go. That's more or less what we mean by cult hero. Uh, each episode is going to have two heroes in it, and uh, we're going to... Uh, well, it's going to have three. <laughs> plus, <laughs> and those three are going to be talking about two, two, two expert Two blokes who might have done something <laughs> once. <laughs> The first guy we're going to talk about is a, a massive, massive cult hero for Cadiz Club de Football. It is Mágico González. Yeah. It's strange because outside of Spain and Central America, maybe, he's he's not really very well, well known. That's what makes him the perfect cult hero because he's massive to, to some but completely unknown to others. I mean, to the extent that today when I was watching some old videos of him and, and listening to, to some of his former teammates talk about him and, and, and stuff like that, I did think today... There's a book in this. Mm. this Hello. Okay. Hello. Watch this space. Watch this and space. I really did think, you know what? There's a book in Machico González. And there is a book in it because there are so many stories and there's so many facets to his to his personality. He wasn't born. His name isn't actually Machico. What? Is it not? No. Oh, no. Sorry, has that ruined some of the cult oh, hero status? His name it's is, called George. His name is actually Jorge. Jorge Alberto González Barrias. He was born in San Salvador, the capital of El Salvador, on the 13th of March, 1958. He had seven brothers and sisters and they lived in a by all uh, in, uh, descriptions, a, a pretty uh, humble part of uh, part of town. Uh, he was spotted at the 1982 World Cup, and he had offers to sign for Atletico Madrid and uh, and Paris Saint Germain, apparently as well. Mm. Yeah, the, the first of of many offers that supposedly came in over well, the course the thing, of his career. I, I think this is also part of maybe this is also part of the cult hero thing, the the, the construction of legend, right, and the construction of mythology. Okay. Um, he didn't join either of those two sides, though. He did join second division Cadiz. And maybe this leads us on to another element of what it is that's a cult hero. What's that? Just how perfectly someone can fit their environment. So, yes. If he hadn't gone to Cadiz, yes. the way that he behaved, the way that he played, the way that he was, might have been embraced differently or, or indeed not embraced at all. He might not have played the same way as we then discover when he went to Valladolid where it's cold and people are a bit more austere and a little bit more serious. Yes. But he was the kind of the footballing embodiment of Cadiz, which is funny, laid back, nightlife, um, kind of comedy. Yes. You know, take it easy, liberal, yeah. relax. Don't take it too seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Don't he take- was Cadiz. <laughs> and if he'd gone somewhere else, maybe it wouldn't have worked. I mean, that goes for Cadiz, the club, and for Cadiz, the city, as well. And if you haven't been to Cadiz, the Go. city, it's a really special place. And one thing that made it perfect for him, by contrast to, to Valladolid, for example, as you say, which couldn't be more different, when you're in Cadiz sometimes, especially in certain corners of the city, certain streets, you could so easily be in Cartagena in Colombia. Or we could in be in Havana, Havana in Cuba. That, I mean, I've never been to Havana, but, right. but as soon, I mean, obviously, this again tells you something about the constructions of myths and images. But as the first time I went to Cali, I thought, oh, I feel like I'm in Cuba. Well, and I've never been there, so I don't know what Cuba's fact, like. It but... did, in fact, it doubled for Havana in one of the James Bond films. Oh, I, well, there you go. But yeah, there's a, there's a famous street in Cali called Calle de la Palma, yeah. and what you could be, you could be in Colombia or so, somewhere so easily, and yeah. that also was part of what made it a perfect and place it's for him. because it's 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 on the coast and it's on a very rugged part of, co- of the of the coast where it's where it's windy where it, where, it, where it gets very kind of weather beaten during the during the winter at least it feels it's got that lovely kind of faded grandeur about it it's got crumbling that, yeah it's yeah. crumbling yeah yeah, yeah. Um, as a player he was uh, by all accounts pretty pretty good 
There's a lovely bit of footage. There's, there's, there's a brilliant documentary, by the way, which if you get the chance to, to, to find it, on, it is on YouTube because we, we're watching it today. The ESPN, the ESPN one. one. It's on. It's actually been posted on YouTube by Cadiff, the club themselves. Okay. Now, whether they have the right to do that, I don't know. Almost but certainly it, not, but I don't think anyone here cares. It's, it's on their official YouTube but channel. But actually, yeah. it sort of sums up Cadiff, Cadiff as well. Yeah. Um, done by a friend of the pod, Martin Einstein. It's really, really good. And anyway, there's a line in that where Diego Maradona is asked about him. And Maradona says, without doubt, one of the best best players I've ever seen. Uh, and there have been suggestions that, you know, this guy was as good as Maradona or Pelé or Di Stefano. He just didn't want to be. And it's not just that he was technically brilliant. When you watch clips, and you should go and watch clips of him on, online, he was really quick yes. as well. Right. You'll see him bursting past players time and time again. And that must have been something innate because, by all accounts, it wasn't down to his It certainly wasn't ratio. down to his hard work, no. Um, he, I mean, he does have some fantastic quotes yeah <laughs> yeah no, some of them are brilliant Go on. Uh, this is this is one I mean it's quite a long one but I'll, I'll, I'll translate it's worth, it yeah it's worth I'll translate going it. through I like the night hmm. and the desire I have to enjoy it well even my mother couldn't take that away from me <laughs> I know I'm irresponsible I know I'm a bad professional and it might be that I'm uh, not taking advantage of the best opportunity of my life I know but there's something wrong in my head. I don't like taking football like a job. If I did that, I wouldn't be me. I play to enjoy myself. And that's him going. in a nutshell. That's, that's, him, that's yeah. him summed up. There's a lovely interview with him done by Cayetano Ross in, in El Pais in 93, no, 2003. And basically every line is something that you could put on his tombstone. You know, that sort of sums him up, that sums up this whole kind of identity of it's, it's about fun it's about expression it's about being relaxed it's about yeah well you know i disappear for a few days but what of it sort of thing and there's a great story of him and he and in that interview one of the things that Cayetano writes in the introduction mm. and then includes in the text a couple of times but clearly has taken it out four or five times as well he said he kept on saying to him sorry mate i'm really am falling asleep now i'm really tired <laughs> and this was one of the things that he was always asleep. there's a there's a there's david vidal one of his coaches who by the way is another great character St- still around still around and david vidal <laughs> saying saying you know this guy could sleep for 15 20 hours you know a normal human being <laughs> sleeps for six or seven but it's not just that he could sleep for 15 or 20 it's that of course if you're out until five in the morning that's going to happen. But there's a story about David Vidal, his coach, turning up at a nightclub in Cadiz and trying to find him. And the DJ seeing, seeing David Vidal coming in and going, Mario, hide in here. And him sort of tucking him into the corner of the DJ's booth <laughs> where he fell asleep. The disco closed down. Everyone went home. They locked the place up. He wakes up. He's on his own locked in a disco in Cadiz. To which point, I, I would like to imagine, although I don't know this, I'd like to imagine he then turned the music back on and just carried on dancing. I mean, there were even stories that he, you know, he'd fall asleep at half time, which he claims is not true. Yeah. I mean, this sounds like he suffered from narcolepsy. I mean, it this, does. This sounds yes. like well, an listen, medical condition. Apparently, he claimed yes. that for, for many years after arriving in Spain, he claims that it was because of the time difference with El Salvador, <laughs> and which I think led someone to describe it as the longest case of jet lag in history. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, when you talk about seeing him being interviewed, hmm. really unassuming, kind of shy, not, not an extroverted character in terms of the way that he, no, he talks. Not. So don't get that impression. If you, you, if you hear you know, about him going out on the town... It and sounds that cocky, thing, but it's not. He's, he's really unassuming. And in fact, there's a clip in that ESPN documentary when he's being interviewed by Martin Einstein. And he says, Einstein says, well, you know, you could have been 
Pele, you could have been Cruyff, you could have been Maradona. And he just, he sort of shrugs his shoulders. And he's like, well, as if he's saying, well, yeah, I probably could have been, but I, yeah. but I wasn't. Yeah. Also, also you know, I don't know no about ego you. there really in a way, or maybe there is, but it's... There's a, there's a, the, one of the lovely things about that is that, so this is at the end of the documentary and he, and he, and he finds him. Martin Einstein finds finds Machiavelli because there's a suggestion at that point that no one really knows where he is. Hmm. That, you know, he just kind of disappeared one day. So Martin Martin finds him and they're, they're talking on the beach. But I don't know about you. This is 15 years after he's retired, and he looks like an old rocker. Hmm. He looks like an old hippie. Doesn't Talk he? about the look because the look again is very distinctive. For, for me, he's got a little bit of you know sort of um, Bob Dylan in the late 70s, early 80s, yeah. sort of the pencil moustache. Yes. There's a little bit of and, that. and a very and a very um, a very Central American look as well. With the curly long hair. hair. He's he's sort of somewhere between a hippie and a rocker and a fabulous furry freak brother and a and a and a Bob Dylan and a a little bit. He looks a little bit awkward. Like he, he's always sort of looking at you out the corner. Not quite. I mean, he's a little bit out of place. He's not quite. <laughs> yeah sort of comfortable you've got in those days of course you had the baggy football shirt which kind of it was hanging hanging off him but he's quite a skinny wiry kind yeah, of frame much, as well very much so and it, it, it just it's just fascinating and, and you know the, there's no doubt this guy had the talent to have been been better and I say it's not just Maradona but there's plenty of others who said similar things about him uh, he's Cadiz's best ever player in terms of talent without doubt mm. in terms of connection with the fans without doubt in terms of achievement well, he was part so of a team that got relegated, but also part of a team that got they promoted. Got, they got promoted, relegated, promoted again, yeah. and they were in the top flight for eight years. And he was a Cadiz. Yeah. So he probably is, even in terms of achievement. Yeah. Um, yeah, he probably is. I mean, and, and, and by the way, as I say, in terms of not just the cult nature, even if you took the cult nature out of it, you go. it's very interesting, actually. You go to Cadiz, and he's everywhere. Hmm. So you go into bars, and there's pictures of him everywhere. Hmm. There's, a, there's a real kind of hero worship element which I think even for some of the other people we're going to talk about in this series you don't get He's got a, there's, a, there's a gate named after him at the Carranza so it's a, it's a sort of well. a much much smaller lower scale of, of Maradona and Napoli maybe yes Yes. Like a yes. bit of a kind of. I mean, it's a not folk quite on that level. Yes, yeah, there's yeah, a folk yeah. hero element to yeah. it, a religious yeah. element to it. There's a there's a lovely line in 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 one of those um, one of the songs that are kind of famous for gracing the Cadiz Carnival, and basically you get groups that 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 that. that tell stories through songs that are deliberately designed to poke fun at the powerful and be funny. This is the guy that when people saw him play turned atheists into into the religious because there was a kind of a religious experience to him <laughs> and this idea that this guy was and I love this line as well he was I know an Indian who was mad it was his way of being the way that he played turned everyone mad and it was mad for him because he could have been the very, the very best player he could have been a, un pelotero de glamour you know a glamorous player but he just didn't want to he just didn't want to be that player he wanted to be what he was which was this guy who would go out and go to flamenco bars and sing and sit on the beach with his guitar and genuinely not turn up to training all week there's, a, there's another lovely line from, from uh, Vidal who said you know this guy would not turn up for training all week so of course on the Friday I wouldn't put him in the squad we'd turn up for the game on a Saturday and he would turn up too 
Oh, no, no, you're not in a squad. Is that... Vidal oh, you says that he, didn't train. He, he says he didn't train. He didn't come to training for 18 days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and that, again, that may be a slight exaggeration, but... Which is one of the lovely lines in, in, in that Cayetano Ross interview. He so, you know, would you like to be a coach? And he said, well, how could I be a coach? I wouldn't turn up for training. <laughs> and talk about, you know, some of the, the moves that he, he could have had. Now, famously, of course, he did actually play for Barcelona. Yes, but only on a it was like a summer US this tour. Is, I find this I find I must admit I find this really baffling. So he's it's it's when Cardiff have decided that look we have to get rid of this guy mm. because he really isn't disciplined enough. David Vidal has put together a whole report about his indiscipline and handed it to the directors and said, look, you know this guy is amazing. He's absolutely wonderful with the ball at his feet, but. <laughs> We, you know there are limits so this was 1984 I think this is 84 like that. and so they decide to let him go and Barcelona said well we'll take him on tour and see him so Barcelona take him on tour he plays with Maradona in fact cause he was like, it was like a Barca squad plus they took one or two players sort of big yeah. name players along with them to see if they would sign him and the, 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 the story goes and obviously a lot of this I think there's an element of mythology but the story goes that the reason Barcelona don't sign him is because one night in the team hotel at 5 o'clock in the morning the alarm goes off, the fire alarm in, in New York, I think it is. The fire alarm goes off. Now, Machigo Gonzalez knows in advance, this isn't real, it's Diego Maradona pissing around. He knows that Diego <laughs> had decided he was going to set off the fire alarm at five in the morning. So he decides, I'm going to ignore this. Not to stay in bed and sleep, but he's actually in bed with a waitress from the bar downstairs. Right, OK. Now, what happens, of course, is because this is a fire alarm, they, they evacuate the hotel... And the firemen run into the hotel. The firemen, of course, run around the hotel, going from room to room. And it's the firemen and the kind of fire service who drag Machigong Thalith and the woman he's sleeping with out of the bedroom and down onto the street below. And Barcelona decide, yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> Well, there we go. That is Mágico González. And, um, yeah, I think at, at the top of the, um, the programme, as we said, he absolutely fitted perfectly with club and the city that's why there was such a connection between uh, the fans which is expressed as say by that thing of him going to buy the leaf yes and in six months at buy the leaf yes he plays nine times says sod this i want to go back to cadiff and cadiff who'd vowed to never sign him again yeah they basically have the fans saying no 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 you're bringing this guy back yes I mean, you've mentioned David Vidal, by the way. He's a bit of a character. Yeah. David Vidal's a hell of a character. We, we could probably do and, and he, is, he is currently in we charge really could, of a, a team that we talked about the other day, Racing Murcia, down in the uh, Preferente in Andalusia. Um, I was going to say, in terms of moments that you might want to go and find to take a look at, probably the best goal is the goal against Barcelona, which is the famous one when he picks it up basically inside the centre yes. circle. Goes well, out three players. He's into the centre circle, <laughs> goes all the way and, and scores. There's one where he almost scores with like a back heel flick, which is handballed off of the it's, line by a it's defender. It's against Real Sociedad, that. It's an amazing... Because it's not a normal back heel. It's not back just heel. a back heel. Sort of, you're right, it doesn't so much back heel hit it as back heel kind of scoop it somehow. Mm. <laughs> he scoops it with his heel. It's, it's such, amazing. It's such a shame yeah. that the guy decides to handball it. Um, and the other one is against Racing Santander. There's a very famous goal where he beats three defenders on the edge of the box, one of which is with a nutmeg, and then and, oh, then, and, then, and the high finish is, is just wonderful. Yeah, so look him up because he's, he's absolutely brilliant. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, let's move on and talk about the other cult hero for today. And that's Gaiska Tokero. Uh, he... <laughs> Basque centre forward who uh, played, uh, who just retired in May this year, of course, mm. after an 11 year career in the top two divisions, mainly with Athletic Club, but also with uh, Eibar, Alaves, and Real Saragossa. Uh, we talk about Magico Gonzalez, about his uh, innate talent but lack of real commitment on the pitch. Guys, mm. uh, Tokero is the absolute opposite. I mean, if you could have fused the two of them together, maybe if they had a baby. Just imagine <laughs> wow. what a player that would be. Well, yes. I, well I, I mean, this sums up Tokero for you. And I, I really remember this interview so clearly. An interview you did it with Ass about nine, ten years ago. And one of the questions was, which footballer do you admire? Right. And he says Zidane. Okay. <laughs> now, bear with me on this because we're laughing already. And that's the whole point. He says, I admire Zidane because Zidane was everything that I'm not. Elegance, class, and talent. I mean, they are. I have DVDs of him, and I'm so sad that I never got the chance to coincide with him on a pitch. It would have been a great day for I mean, me. Was Zidane why he shaved his head? Or? No, well, he was no, he was he was prematurely bald, and the story goes that when Athletic Bilbao sign him, so he's playing for Sestao River in Segunda Bay in Spain. Joaquin Caparrós is the Athletic Bilbao manager, and Joaquin Caparrós turns up and he says. I like that guy. It's a pity he's a bit old for us, really, because they're looking for young players. Because he assumes, because Toquero is already bored, like fully bored at this point, um, apart from the grey bits at the side, he assumes that he's old. Luckily for Toquero, the guy who's sitting with Caparros says, no, 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 he's 23. Hmm. So he says, oh, all right then. So he signs him up. Now, in a way, the embodiment of what Toquero is is that he signs up as a centre-forward wearing number two. Yes, Wearing number two throughout his career, a career which saw him play 316 games for Athletic Alaves, Saragossa and Eibar and score 42 goals. Mm. It's a goal every seven and a half games. Yeah, which is, it's not a great ratio. It's not a great ratio. His best ever season was seven. Uh, in La Liga, he yeah. scored nine for Alaves in the Segunda División. Yes. Um, but yes, um, you say he was signed uh, by Athletic age 23 uh, in playing in the Segunda B. He said, you know, at 23, I was still playing in the Segunda B. I never imagined that I would play yeah. in La Liga, let alone play 200 games in La He played 200 games yeah. in La Liga. Yeah, That's yeah. Good. And, and, and also, not only that, but but had a really big impact, of course, where, where he kind of cements his status as a... As, a, as an idol at Athletic Bilbao is, is in that Copa del Rey semi-final. So they lose the first leg to Sevilla 2-1 um, and they win the second leg 3-0 and he scores and that's when you get the start of this chant which sums him up which is the fans chanting Adi 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 Toquero Lendakari. And Lendakari is the, the leader of the Basque, Basque government. So in other words they're saying we want this guy as president. Adi, 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 
very famous and often chanted uh, song there for uh, Toquero. The other chant they use a lot, which was Ni Messi ni Aguero, Gaisco Toquero. Uh-huh. Neither Messi nor Aguero, we've got Toquero, basically. Yeah, it's funny because there was this sort of real embodiment and embracing of this guy. They're sort of proud of the fact that we know he's not very good, but he's ours. Someone and this is, this is our kind of... I guy. remember writing, and I was looking for this day and unfortunately I couldn't find it. I remember writing once about Toquero as being almost like the mascot. Mm. Of Athletic Bilbao. <laughs> of being almost saying he was their super Pepino. <laughs> of almost being like this kind of obedient puppy that runs around like mad and everyone loves him for it. And I remember someone getting really upset with me for that, which maybe takes us back to the yeah. start of today's show, because in a way that's failing to understand the whole point of a cult hero. That is why they loved him, because they knew he wasn't the best player around, but they loved the, the enthusiasm, the affection, the commitment, the loyalty, the sense that here's a guy that we can sort of laugh at, but at the same time we're laughing at... But he's one of ours, and we're laughing at him because we love him, and we're laughing at him because we identify with him, and because he has the attitude we would have on the pitch. And he's, yeah, he is one of us. He's one of as us. Well. And, and he, he is Basque. He was born in Vitoria. Vitoria. His mum was, uh, ran the local butchers in Vitoria. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, nice bit of, <laughs> nice bit of colour there, Sydney. Um, he probably couldn't necessarily, he, he wouldn't have been a cult hero maybe in other parts of Spain. Again, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fair point. So this, again, kind of connects him a little bit to to Machio and Thalith in, in that there's also something about the place. Yes. The place, they the moment, appreciate the time. They appreciate the, er- the earnestness of which, with which he plays. I mean, and, and you know, I think, I think they do appreciate it. There's, there's a nice interview just after he retired, which actually, unfortunately, was quite recently because of a knee injury. He's only 34. Yes. Um, even if he looks about 74. And, and, he's, and he said, look, I never conned anyone. Mm. And I think that's what people appreciate. They appreciate the fact that I went on the pitch, I had my limitations and knew what they were, and I did as much as I could to, to avoid that. This is a guy who was a centre-forward, was running 12 or 13 kilometres a game. Mm. Centre-forwards don't run that much. <laughs> In a way, maybe they shouldn't. Maybe positionally they should be good enough that they don't need to do that. But, but they really, really embrace that. They embrace this idea that here's someone who just completely destroys himself in every match. Well, that's the funny thing is that the way that we talk about him, the kind of player, you might get the impression that he was kind of a target man but he wasn't no, he even wasn't. really a target well, man either, he wasn't very he was, big because when he was playing with um, Llorente of course that was yeah. probably his most kind of successful well, the weird thing was Llorente played off him rather than him off Llorente <laughs> it was sort of the wrong way around but he was he was he was a runner without ever being fast he was a goal scorer without ever really scoring very many goals he was a provider of opportunities for others without ever really being the person who holds the ball up particularly well he was all these things that he sort of isn't hmm. And yet somehow managed to be. It is brilliant. When you go on YouTube and you look for, you know, the typical highlights compilations, you know when you can tell sometimes that they've had to work quite hard to <laughs> find. And some of the clips, you're like, well, that was just like one touch. There's nothing there, really. That, And yet it makes it into the, the compilation, which is naturally soundtracked by kind of aggressive hard rock. Yeah. As it should be for a player like that. And also, and, and, you know, you <laughs> message that Al sent us today. He said, he said, one of the great things about this is you go and look for the best goals from certain players you expect to say the best 10 with Toquero it's like the best 4 goals by, by <laughs> I think it was 6 ok yeah. fair enough but to be There's fair two more you know he yeah. scored in a, a Copa del Rey final yes, against yeah, Barcelona of course Barcelona went and of course did that, that celebration game, that's the other thing he used to do that celebration it was like a windscreen wiper in front of his face which is actually borrowed from a wrestler. The wrestler John Cena, yeah. 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 And there's also um, the there's a backhill goal against Albacete in the cup that's quite yes. a, that is actually quite good. It's yes. very good. Yeah, yeah that made good. the top six. Yeah. Yes. Um, obviously, he was something of a well, definitely something of a cult hero for uh, Athletic Club. But then he left there, 
And it was quite nice, actually. He went back to his hometown. He went back to Alaves. And in that interview you were alluding to um, when he just retired, he, he talked about how he wanted to go home and go back to his, his home city and how nice it was to play for Alaves. He played in the in the lower uh, levels with them, but never for the first team. And seeing his family in the stands and his friends who had been Alaves fans all their lives. And he was there. And he, he had a brilliant season. He, his most successful ever season, scoring nine goals, helping them to win the Segunda División. Yeah. I mean, they were, I think, mid-table when he got there. And they um and and he went on and um and that that status was really reinforced by that yeah really yeah, yeah, reinforced yeah. by and that. and then the last season after that he did I mean you know he did okay I think he featured maybe twenty twenty times or something in the in La Liga scored one goal but helped them stay up which and get to a Copa del Rey final against Barcelona yes, as yeah. well so he had this sort of um, nice end to the career then he went to Real Zaragoza and had his final football there but but the fact that he left Athletic and went to his hometown club as well and had a successful period there um, sort of rounded off his career and quite the, nicely. the goodwill I think tells you something as well so the, the footage for example of him announcing his departure from Athletic Bilbao mm. he's sitting there and his teammates are standing around him, mm. standing all the way around the, the the desk where he's sitting. And when he gets up, they start clapping. And of course, they all respond. Uh, Ebay Gomez responds with a tweet that literally says "Adi Adi Adi Togedo Linda Kari." And you know, yeah. there's this there's this real kind of enjoyment. As I say, there is sort of a tongue in cheek nature to it. But I think that's part again part of what makes a cult hero that there's an element of tongue in cheek. There's an element that yeah, we know this guy's flawed. Hmm. We don't care. Yeah, it, we it, love him for that. It can be tongue in cheek without being insincere. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. He also played, I think he said he played four finals in his career and never won any of them. That may well be true because he would have played at least <laughs> three with Athletic Bilbao. I'm not yeah. sure what the fourth is, but yeah, that's... Well, right. He also, it. as a fan, yeah. he, he, he was sitting in the, uh, in the, in the hall next to, next to Mendy Zarroza with all the other Alaves fans talking about lost finals, watching them lose the UEFA Cup finals to Liverpool in 2001 as a fan. Mm. So there we go. So maybe he started and kind of carried on like that. I also like his response to to the number two shirt, which again, as I say, kind of defines him a little bit. Yeah. He's asked, well, why did you take number two? Was it because you'd begun as a as a fullback, which he had? He'd begun as a right back. He said, no, it was because it was the number that was available. And I just love that that kind of yeah. matter of fact. Well, it was available. But the yeah. following year, he could have had eight. So well, have eight then. It's a much yeah. more normal number for a striker. Yeah, but I've been quite lucky with number two, and I think that word as well. You read interviews with him, mm. and the word lucky comes up again and again and again. And this is a guy, without any doubt, who thinks he was lucky, or at least expresses that idea, who is grateful for what he had, and, and, and you know achieved far more than he can ever seriously have imagined. And he I certainly think, seems pretty content. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's nice as well. Mm. Uh, he's apparently setting up a sporting agent's business. Yeah. Yeah, let's see how he goes on there. If he can make any players into Lenda Cadiz. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if one of his clients actually became Lenda Cadiz? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be absolutely brilliant. There is a song, isn't there, Al? Tenemos una joya de delantero. Su nombre es Pescatoquero. Lleva el atleti muy dentro suyo. Tiene raza, le sobra orgullo, aún sin melena, ruge feroz, cuando va de caza, a por el gol, al mar, al mar de verón, caisca, caisca tortero, abre el marcador, rompe el cero a cero, caisca. Caixa toquero, 
solo oír tu nombre, tembla el portero. Y el salmamés, Gaisaya es, y no de la prisión. Gaisca, porque eres un It's not really the sound you associate with him, but there he is, a, the soul of a lion. Absolutely. And the, the touch of a lion as well. The, the soul of, of a lion. lion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. Thank you for accompanying us on this journey through cult heroes of Spanish football. We've had two already. We're going to have lots more uh, throughout the whole series, so make sure you join us yeah, for the us next your, episode. Tell us yeah. yours, because we're, we're very we're open, open to suggestions. suggestions. Yeah. We're open to suggestions. These were two uh, obvious guys to, uh, to kick things off. We've got a list, but if you want us to uh, add someone to the list, uh, let us know. If we think it's viable, we'll, uh, we'll do it. There we go. Thanks, guys. We'll see you then. Adios. Cheerio. Bye. Network.